Three angels just got their wings. <laughs> so we take that joy into this prayer knowing that this is the time of year that we receive our wings as well. We receive the freedom that comes with the Christ consciousness that is reborn within us every year at this time as we focus on the image of the Christ child, the holy infant cared for by his parents, by astrologers from the east, wise men, shepherds. He was one that was well taken care of. All his needs were taken care of so that he could spread his wings and fly forth into his ministry. And that is the gift that is offered to us this evening. So this prayer is the action of opening our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirits to receive that gift of freedom, that gift of love, that gift of peace, that joy, the beauty and truth that this season represents. So with open hearts, open minds, open ears, we listen to the music and the message this evening, and we let it enter us in a new and powerful way as we are transformed by this story we've heard hundreds of times, but as we hear it again with new ears, with a beginner's mind, and with the expectation of greater inspiration, and we are not disappointed. So calling that forth and releasing my prayer, knowing that it is already established in mind, in heart, and in the spirit, we just say, thank you, Spirit, and together we anchor this into being by saying, and so it is. Amen. Amen. Mm. Well, good evening. What a blessing to have you all here with us, celebrating the season of light this evening. We have the privilege of coming together on the winter solstice to do our celebration of light. Solstice is the time when the sun reaches an extreme point in its cycle. There's a moment of pause, and in that pause there's a change of direction. Let's take this solstice celebration as an opportunity to pause and to listen for where our lives are being called to change direction. I invite you to experience our time together tonight from a meditative posture, but also to speak, to sing, to applaud as you feel moved. This is a celebration. It's not a somber event. So settle into whatever makes this time most nurturing for you, eyes open or eyes closed, fully present, breathing. We look at the stars and we wonder, how old is the universe? All we know is that once upon a time, or rather before time, 
The great mystery called everything into being in a great breath of creativity. Waters and land, green growing things and birds and beasts and finally human creatures. The beginning, the genesis. In God's good time, the universe came into being opening up from a tiny flower of nothingness to great clouds of hydrogen gas to swirling galaxies. In God's good time came solar systems and planets and ultimately this planet on which we gather on this cold winter evening as the earth makes its graceful dance around the sun. In ancient times, before written language, there were people all over the planet living in tribal societies. Some of these cultures were nomadic, hunting and gathering their food as they traveled with the seasons. A bit later, some settled and began growing food for their sustenance. Although these various tribes had little or no contact with one another, they had something in common. They shared a keen awareness of Mother Nature. The weather and the seasons, the light and the darkness, their lives depended on it. Another thing they shared in common, they believed in many gods, and they looked to the gods as they tried to make sense of their world.
imagine what you may have experienced. The longest, darkest night of the winter, what we call the winter solstice. It has been growing colder for months now. As the days grow shorter and the sun's warmth becomes a distant memory. If we, as humans, have pleased the gods, the sun will return. So we create and offer rituals as a prayer for its return. From the beginning of time, we have celebrated the light.
before written language, stories were passed down by word of mouth. The wisdom keepers amongst us painted pictures through song and poetry, used body language to act out their dramas, bringing the power of imagination to their history and legends. While some of us were using ritual to please the gods, the shamans and the mystics used it as a way to commune with the great mystery. A progression from ignorance to wisdom was underway. Spiritual light was being revealed. Time marches on. Human beings all over the planet are evolving and changing, sometimes using war to establish dominance. Then, as now, humans had a difficult time accepting and allowing our differences. The story of the Hanukkah miracle, told in the first book of Maccabees, is a good illustration and paints a picture of what the Hanukkah celebration is all about. The Jewish people had been exiled and returned to their homeland numerous times. And so they had rooted themselves in rituals and tradition, expressions of time having no place to call their own. Once upon a time in about 170 BCE, the land of Israel was ruled by a wicked king named Antiochus Epiphanes. During this time, the Jewish people had many religious celebrations at the ancient temple in Jerusalem. They considered their temple to be the holiest of holy places. It was the very center of Jewish life. But King Antiochus did not want to rule over a nation of many religions and many cultures. He wanted to rule one nation with one religion and one culture. He wanted everyone to live the way he lived, to pray the way he prayed, according to Greek customs. He completely abolished the practices of Judaism. He forbade the Jews to celebrate Shabbat or observe their festivals. He made it illegal for them to read or study Torah or to worship in the temple. And he set up idols and altars to the Greek gods inside. Many Jews were afraid for their lives, so they followed the king's orders. But one group of brave souls, the Maccabees, decided they would not submit to the king. They would not worship foreign gods or give up their way of life. They were determined to take back their temple and defend their religious freedom. Compared with the king's army, they were small in number, but they were mighty in spirit. With faith, and relentless determination as their guides against all odds, the Maccabees won a stunning victory over the king's army. They took back the temple, 
but were heartbroken to discover that their holy space had been desecrated. They lovingly cleaned and purified every inch of the temple, removing the foreign idols and altars the king had set inside. Maybe even painted it yellow. <laughs> and then on the 25th day of the month in Kislev, sorry, I couldn't help myself, the Maccabees held a glorious rededication ceremony. The word Hanukkah means dedication, and it comes from the moment when the temple was triumphantly returned to the Jewish people. The story is told that when the Maccabees walked into the temple, they found only enough oil to light the menorah for one day. But miraculously, that small amount of oil lasted for eight days, which is exactly how long it took to replenish their supply. Today, the celebration of the Jewish season of light lasts eight days in honor of the miracles that occurred so many years ago. The modern message from the Jewish people to the world is this. We must always work to find light in the darkness, and we must always work to keep the light of religious freedom burning for all people for all time. We are the children of the light.
must turn back to the truth of our soul. We're one with God here and now. Blessed are we with the children of light. Come to this place in this time. Blessed are we with our spirits delight. Higher and higher we climb. Blessed are we we are brothers and friends. Playing this marvelous game. And in our hearts we know life never ends. Singing this song in his name. Tonight is the fourth night of Hanukkah. What else does this holy celebration have to offer us who may or may not be Jewish? On a community or global level, this festival symbolizes faith in the ever-presence of God's <laughs> abundance. Let the celebration of Hanukkah remind us that our needs are always met. Our deepest prayerful knowing is that all beings have plenty. This miracle of light also speaks to us on a personal level. It invites us to shine the light of spirit into the dark places, in ourselves and in the world, when we think we cannot, when there seems not enough. This miracle symbolizes a faith that is steadfast in times of apparent lack or difficulty. It represents the ever-present light of God, self-existent, eternal, shining always within you, within me. Now, in the ancient Hebrew tradition, there was a prophecy that a Messiah would come, fully God, fully man. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. 
that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to Emmanuel means God with us. The next line, to ransom captive Israel. On the literal historical level, to release the Jewish people from captivity. On the metaphysical level, someone would come perhaps to serve as an example of how to live from our divinity in love as love. By tracing our story from the earliest known times through the story of the Hanukkah miracle in 167 BC, 
And on to the Christmas story, we can see the progression and evolution of the Jewish faith and of the human condition. Here is a loose telling of the story from the book of Matthew, written in roughly 85 of the Common Era. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But as he was considering, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home with you as your wife. Because what was conceived within her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son, and he would be called Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up, he took Mary as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until, they, until she gave birth to a son, and they gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have been following it to worship him ever since. King Herod heard this and was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. He called together the chief priests and teachers of the law and asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, they replied, according to the prophecy. Then Herod called the Magi separately and said, asked when the star had, had appeared. Then he said unto them, then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for this child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. The Magi went on their way and followed the star they had seen all the way to the place where the child was. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where they stayed until the death of King Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son.
Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you to make you new this child that you delivered would soon deliver you Mary did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man Mary did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know? According to Luke was written in roughly the same time. Here is the same story, this time from the second chapter of Luke, the one we are most familiar with. The emperor Caesar Augustus made a decree that the people should be taxed and would need to pay that tax in the city where they were born. Joseph went up from Galilee and into Bethlehem with Mary, his espoused wife, who was great with child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the baby. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them. 
<laughs> and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, he shall find, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. Thank you. 
ora pro nobis peccatoribus. Ora, ora pro nobis. Ora, ora pro nobis peccatoribus. Nunca what scholars tell us, that many pagan practices were absorbed into the new Christmas festival. The evergreen as a symbol of eternal life, mistletoe associated with fertility. And what about the many lights that we painstakingly hang every December? What of the light? Well, you may recall that on the night Jesus was born, there was a bright star in the sky guiding the shepherds and the wise men to the stable, or so the books of Matthew and Luke tell us. Part of the Christian symbolism of light at this darkest time of year has always meant living in God's light. In our modern day, we might gain insight by looking at this story through the lens of metaphor. I believe that as humankind evolves, we move from a purely physical to a psychological to a spiritual understanding grounded in mystical experience. So how might we hear this Christmas story in a new way, a way that is relevant to our lives in 2023, a way that helps us to raise ourselves from challenging conditions when necessary? that helps us to see the divine in ourselves and others. Well, to begin with, remember that Mary was at choice as to whether or not to bring forth this child. She was asked her permission, and she said, Yes. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. <coughs> So this brings a question to my mind, is there a place in my life, is there a place in your life where the divine urge, the inner prompting, is inviting you to take some action, to step into a larger experience of life? 
And if there is such a place, have you said yes? Will you let it be? In times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. And when the broken-hearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer, let it be. For though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. There will be an answer, let it be. Hey, let it be, let it be, let it be, yeah, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, 
I bet you've never been to a candlelight service and heard the Ave Maria and let it be back to back. <laughs> Gotta say. <sighs> so, Father Richard Rohr, I was reading a piece by him this morning. It caused me to add and shift and change a lot of pieces tonight. But he offered a quote that really caught me. He says, we see in the original gospel stories of Jesus' birth that there's really nothing pretty about the first Christmas. <laughs> the only way human beings can understand spiritual things is that they have to be presented in physical, material form. We can't get it otherwise. We have to see it, and we have to touch it. How God comes into the world would also seem to be very important, as if to say to us, this is where God is to be found. The great question has always been, what is God? Who is God? Where is this God hiding? Because initially, God isn't really obvious to most people. The mystery we celebrate at Christmas is saying that the divine has chosen its hiding place in the world, and it's in all material things. And that all, that all becomes summed up now in the body of Jesus. So where is this God being revealed? Not in the safe world, but at the edge, at the bottom, among those where we don't want to find God where we don't look for God, where we don't expect God. The way we've created Christianity, or indeed spirituality in general, it seems like it's all about being nice, pretty, middle class, normal, and under the law. Here, we have in the Gospel stories Jesus, Mary, and Joseph being none of these things it might just be telling us we should be looking elsewhere." End of quote. I would like to suggest some additional symbolism to help us look elsewhere and offer a few more questions for you to ponder as you move into the remaining days of this season of light. Questions that may speak to your heart. Question number one. Could it be that Mary represents a state of purity in mind and heart? Kind of a what if. So if that is a symbolism there, then might I experience a deeper wisdom and knowing, a greater power and strength and courage and love? Might I experience the birth of the Christ consciousness in me by keeping my mind and heart pure? That's a bigger order than it sounds like. It's a little sentence, keeping my mind and heart pure. At least for me it is. Maybe I'm the only one here. Don't bet on it. <laughs> Next question. How might my experience of life change if, like the wise men and shepherds, I were to keep my focused attention on the light? My thoughts, words, and actions 
reflecting the divinity that I am in the image and likeness of the one. How might my life be different if my focus was forever on the light, on the good? Next question. What if I, like Mary and Joseph, made my journey through life with patience, presence, determination, humility, gratitude, and faith? What if? What if I practiced trusting or knowing that my heart's deepest desires are in fact God seeking to express itself through me? What if I gave trust to that knowing that my heart's deepest desires are in fact God seeking to express itself through me. What if the shepherds quietly following the guidance of the stars are there to remind me to be humble and to look for divine guidance and to follow it always? What if the birth in a stable was meant to remind me that my greatest inspiration can come from the most common place of experiences? That God is absolutely everywhere. And that it's not about the stuff. What if the shepherds and the wise men in the two stories represent the heart and the mind, the feeling and the intellect. What if they're there to remind me that the intellect and the heart in perfect balance work together in my journey to know God? That I need both. That one looks to find God in the world and the other looks to find God within. What if God, in order to lead me to my own divinity, came as a newborn child because, well, let's be honest here, nothing demands more time, attention, and focus than a newborn infant? True, yes. And nothing demands more of my attention and intention than uncovering the perfection and wholeness that lie within me. And what if this story is telling me that in order to discover and live from and as my divine wisdom, I must practice constant and unwavering love and devotion, that my spiritual life must come first.
so in these stories, we were reminded that storytelling was a way that history was passed down. And you may have heard a song called The Little Drummer Boy in the past. Um, we always wondered, where'd this guy come from? He's not in the stories anywhere that we've found. Where'd he come from? Who was he? And then where'd he go after this night? Just like, poof, there he is, and poof, he's gone. So we've written a story, our own version, of one possibility. Long ago in a distant land A babe was born to a shepherd man Sparkling eyes like the desert night His face had shone with a holy light From the beginning, the very first day This daddy knew his son had a part to play so he raised him with kindness, wisdom, and love Taught him that God lived within and not above And the shepherd man played pa-rum-pa-pum-pum And his baby smiled He could see the joy that his music brought to the little child And he stayed up and played on the family drum Till the baby fell asleep then he tucked the ancient drum away He got down on his knees to pray He held his son through peaceful dreams that night Seasons passed and the baby grew Daddy taught everything he knew He grew in stature, in strength and love He read the Torah and the stars above And one night when the moon was new The stars were many and the clouds were few There came a great light, an unmistakable sign he followed his heart to the babe divine And the shepherd boy played pa-rum-pum-pum-pum And his daddy smiled He could see the joy that his little boy Brought the holy child And he watched his son stay and play on the drum Till the baby fell asleep Then they looked into each other's eyes Walked home under starry skies They both knew that the world had changed that night They heard the voices of the angel And the heavenly host combined Singing glory to God in the highest peace on earth Goodwill to humankind Shepherd boy grew into a man He 
sought his fortune in distant lands. Then he found upon coming home a loving wife he could call his own. Started a family blessed with a son. They taught him to shepherd and play the old drum. Raised him with wisdom and love from the start. Taught him how to find the Christ in every heart. And together they played part of the bump on a smile. They could feel the love that was brought to earth by the Holy Child. And the trumpet plays on in our hearts and our souls as the winter skies appear. Reminded of what we once knew. The Christ is born in us anew, and we open to another holy night. And the shepherd boy played by rum-a-pum-pum, and his daddy smiled. So Jesus was both human and divine, a great teacher, evolutionary, revolutionary. His powerful message was for the common people, for all people, that when we live from love and compassion, we are expressing our divinity in the image and likeness of our creator. His spirit lives on in our hearts and minds in the collective consciousness, and his example continues to guide us. So we join our hearts in prayer this evening, knowing that there is only one eternal light, one consciousness, one intelligence, one power. I call it God, God within, God without, it is the all in all. It is the divine spark that brings life into being. I am that light. You are that light. All that exists at its very core is light. I know that the light of the Christ is inherent in all beings, in all of creation, no matter the appearance. We need only to let it shine. And so we do. Through the deep cracks left behind by every heartbreak and loss, by every time we were hurt or hurt another, we let that light shine. We say yes to the gifts of spirit, the divine qualities that are already given, love, life, peace, presence, beauty, joy, abundance, freedom. Acknowledging the light of the Christ in full faith that it is present within me in full faith that it is born in form and experience in our world, here and now. For this I give 
deep and profound thanks. Honoring and celebrating the light, releasing, accepting, embodying, and radiating the light of the one. And so it is, and so it shall ever be. Amen. So it's become tradition to offer gifts to friends and family during this holy day season. And so we take a moment now to offer you the opportunity to share of your gifts, of your financial good, should you choose to, in support of the work that we are doing in the world. If you're viewing the service from home on Christmas morning, because we're not running it live right now, you can go to our website, mysticheart.org, to find our donate button, our mailing address. We do truly appreciate your generosity, your time, talent, skill, treasure, love, everything that everyone gives here is so appreciated. And we appreciate your generosity this evening. It ensures a prosperous start to our new year and assists us in growing this powerful work. So we know that God is the source of all good, and that it flows through your generous hearts and hands. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior. Holy name, Christ. 
get to follow that. <laughs> so take a deep breath for a moment and let it out. As we bring 2023 to a close, because this will be our last meeting for this year. So interesting to say that. I stop. And I take a moment to think about what it means when I say there is one. One source of everything that I see, touch, do, feel here. One source living through each and every person here. And it is with the deepest of gratitude that I say thank you. Thank you for being my light. And thank you for bringing all of the perfect lights into my life. Thank you to each and every one here for the gifts that you've given tonight and through the whole year. The small things that most people don't stop and think about, but without which, Misty Cart would not be the same. And so I just say thank you for the gifts of time, talent, treasure, energy, and love. I'm grateful to be able to spend tonight with my, the family of my heart. And I'm grateful to know that as our work grows bigger and stronger, and our vision grows bigger and stronger, we are taking steps to help bring tonight's light into everyone's life to help them find the light for themselves. And so thank you for all of your gifts and for all of your love and all of your money. And I say thank you, Father, Mother, God. And so it is. Amen. So within apparent darkness, there's always a ray of light so that we might enter the new year with our hearts, minds, and gaze set on that light. We light these candles this evening. 
It's hard for me to believe that this is Mystic Heart's fourth candle lighting service. Time flies. <laughs> so as we begin, let your eyes gently close for a moment if you're comfortable doing so. And call to mind something in your life or in the world that is calling to have its light revealed, that is awaiting the return of wholeness. Maybe it's a personal healing, maybe it's a global challenge, or something entirely different. Know with me that the act of lighting your candle this evening is a symbol for your intention to shine your light in the world. It's a reminder that wherever you shine your divine light, wholeness is revealed. And may it remind each of us that no matter the appearance, the world is a light with blessings for those who will see. And so we'll do a little adjusting of music stands. We'll begin with the back of the room with some recorded music this evening. And one row at a time, I invite you to come to the front. This will be self-guided. Just don't run into one another. You don't need to be shown. You, you can figure this out. But if you reserved your seat tonight, you'll find a candle with your name on it up front here. Otherwise, choose a candle addressing Beloved. We have some of those, too. We have some for the two boys, as well. And turn toward Lucinda or Chris, who will be standing here, and allow them to bless you by sharing the light of the Christ candle with your candle. Then you can carry that light with you as you return to your seat, we made them votive so they're easier to handle and they won't drip all over the place. And when everyone has a candle, we'll close the evening by joining our hearts and our voices with Silent Night. So let's go ahead and begin the music. We'll do our quick shifting.
And someday we'll have a bigger space. <laughs> we looked at this and said, how are we going to do this? We figured it out. <laughs> so if you would all stand with us and join us in silent night.
So to complete our celebration of light this evening, in honor of the Buddhist tradition, which also celebrated the light this month by way of the enlightenment of the Buddha, I offer the metta prayer. May all beings be happy. May all beings be well. May all beings be well. May all beings be safe. May all beings be safe. May all beings be peaceful and at ease. May all beings be peaceful and at ease. And may you and yours enjoy this blessing, every blessing, every possible blessing, this holy day season each and every one of you. Please feel free to take your candles home with you this evening as a gift and a reminder that you are the light. You have always been the light. God bless you. Good evening. Bless you too. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.